to another episode of ATP. We are joined today by our good friend, Corgan Etheridge, who uh, is, you know, honestly, one of the best radio voices I've ever heard in my entire <laughs> life. So I'm very excited to have him on the show. He's also a good friend, as I said before, and uh, we're just going to be talking about some sports today. Actually, the name of the game today is going to be sports. But before we get into any of that, we do have to get into some of our great partners that we have here at ATP. First is going to be starting out with the protein shake that I'm currently drinking by FNX Fitness. Oh man, that was great. Okay, so FNX Fitness is a health and fitness supplement and apparel line whose goal is to provide the best possible products to inspire people to rise up. With protein supplements like Restore to help build muscle, that's what I just drank myself, trying to make sure that I get those consistent protein intake gains. Rebalance with a green blend that will help optimize your health and revive for testosterone support. You can find that and much, much more at fnx.com or fnxfitness.com. So if you're going through the website, you find something that you like, remember, use code AT podcast at checkout for 15% off of all products on the store. Once again, that's all products, whatever you buy, as much as you buy, it's going to be there. All right, guys. So secondly, we're going to jump into Prevolve. Prevolve is a Seattle-based technology startup whose mission is to empower the human body. Using 3D foot scanning and 3D printing, they make custom fit footwear designed for your feet. You can finally get a pair of shoes that fit perfectly. Visit the website at www.pre-volve.com. There you can schedule a foot scan, learn more about the story of Prevolve, and even download 3D shoe models if you'd like to 3D print them for yourself. All right, guys, let's go ahead and get started on the day. Today's day is the topic of sports because sports are back. But before we get into any of that, Corey, how are you doing, my man? How's life? How are you feeling? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me. Excited to be on. I've been uh, demanding that you that you let me on right for a while now, so it feels good to get what I want. Uh, life's good, you know. It's a beautiful day out. Got a got a tea time set up for tomorrow, so excited about that. Ooh, man, that's that is nice. That does sound really nice. Uh, getting some golf in. I have not had the chance to golf at all since quarantine. And that's honestly one of the more disappointing things I have not done since we've been locked and loaded in our homes. Um, but that's, that's how I feel. I, I like, I got a job at the start of quarantine and I've had no time to go and, and golf. It's yeah. Terrible to working from home. I thought it would be a joy. I'm sorry. It is, it is not as great as one would think, but I miss commuting. Yeah. I, do you know, honestly, I, I haven't been working from home, but I can imagine that it, it would not be as great as it sounds. Um, I personally enjoy being able to get out of my house to do most things. Um, I'll just take kind of like, you know, working out and going to the gym in general. Like I appreciate that opportunity to get outside of the house as, uh, as like a way to kind of separate myself from everything. But when you're like doing your entire life, like everything in your life at home, it does, it, it, it really like, 
you know. I feel like I've, I've up a little bit. changed my commute to being work time now. So I just work longer days. There you go. There you go, man. That works out. So, Corey, really quickly, let's go ahead and, and talk sports a little bit. And we'll start out the conversation with, A, what are your favorite teams? And let's, let's just kind of get everybody to know you when it comes to sports and what you're about. Yeah, for sure, man. Um, so uh, we were just talking about I'm uh, my newest favorite team is the Mets, and I'm actively watching that game. And uh, we'll see how long the Mets last on that because it's it's a disaster right now. Um, but no, yeah, so I was born down in San Jose. Uh, first ever sporting event I ever went to was the San Jose Shark game. So I'm a big hockey guy. Absolutely love the Sharks. They're they're definitely number one for me. Um, it's a it's a hard fanship because every year you think it's finally your year and every year, inevitably it's not um, this past you're, year. You're solidly prepared to be a Mets fan. Like I don't, this it, is a perfect, this is, this is like a match made in heaven. You're going to transition <laughs> perfectly into this fandom. Corey. You're See, I think I could, but it's like how much pain, unnecessary pain no, it's do I want to add? Pain. It is, yeah. it's, it's character building. All right. Everybody yeah, has to have something in their life that just builds character. And being a Mets fan is that. Yeah, I guess. Um, but, yeah, so we'll see how that Mets fandom goes. The Shark fandom, you know. It, it, I got to be honest, it was a good year for the season to get canceled slash restarted because it was going horribly. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so obviously went to, to school with you guys. So Oregon Ducks football and basketball especially is, you know, probably what I'm most passionate about. Um another kind of hard fandom to have because you get the highest of highs and then just come up short. Um, but so, yeah, uh, besides that, you know, I live in Portland, so a big time Portland Timbers fan. Uh, I was never a big NBA guy. So the Blazers, it, you know, I always talk about, I really don't care if the Blazers lose, but if they win a title ever, I will be out there on the streets with everyone celebrating just to, to hop on that with the city. But yeah, yeah. I, that's pretty much it. <laughs> yeah, dude, you gotta you gotta hop on the bandwagon when it presents itself, right? Like, especially if you have the opportunity and people won't question why, right? They're not gonna be like, "Oh, Corey, why would you ever support the Blazers?" It makes sense for you to support the Blazers. So, like, when they win that championship, if they do, you know, again, um, then I think it would be a prime opportunity. But Really quickly, if you guys I'll all noticed go. today, Dorian I'll is go. not with us. Hold on, Francis. Hold on. Let me pro, just go ahead and pro tell. Pro bandwagon. <laughs> yeah, Aleko, pro bandwagon. Let me go ahead and just tell everybody that Dorian is not with us because he's enjoying the sunny coast of Oregon right now. Um, he will be with us again next week, hopefully, unless he decides to take another vacation. We'll find out. But to that respect, let's go ahead and switch it over to Francis really quickly. Francis. Let's talk about your teams, man. What are a, uh, what are some of your favorite teams? Just a, a true blue uh, New York, New Jersey fan. So I have my uh, – get my good old New York Giants for football. And then uh, the Mets. Like I told Corey, it's a hard fandom. The Giants are the same way in the past, uh, like, six years, basically. But uh, it's – and then I have the Devils, I guess, in hockey, which is right down the block out in Newark. And uh, I guess – is there any other major sports that I'm forgetting? That's for you to I guess I like man. I kind of like the Red Bulls. Like I mean okay. I I like like them. I'll, I'll like watch them, but I've never actually been to a Red Bulls game. I've been to a, uh, a Timbers game though, which is cool. Hmm. Yeah, okay. Timbers games are a lot of fun. I know. Yeah. Uh, I, I absolutely hate Seattle, but uh, 
I know Aleka can attest to that that the Pacific Northwest knows how to do its soccer fandom. I went, yes. to a, I went to a Thorns game too, which was actually a lot of fun as well. You know what? I haven't done it yet. It's one of those things I feel bad because I feel like, especially, you know, the state of women's sports, it doesn't get the, the recognition that men's do. And if, you know, they're, they're cheap tickets. It's something I do need to get out to do. But I, I've heard from a lot of people who've done it that those are a lot of fun as well. Yeah. My girlfriend's family has uh, pretty good seats that they share with some other members of their family. And it's uh, – it's like really cool. We're like four rows back from the like the corner, one of the corners, like right behind the flag. Great, great location to watch a game. And then we were like right down the way from the uh, whatever their like fan section is. So it was, yeah. it was good time. Thorns, the Thorns seem to get a pretty good turnout every single game that I've seen from them. So uh, yeah. they do a really good job of that. But you know what? I have to agree. Um, Timbers games in general. I've actually been to a couple. Uh, in the past, and they're gonna—they're pretty fun. They're pretty awesome. Uh, as a Sounders fan, it's—it's it's not easy for me to admit that, but you know, <laughs> at the same time, there we go. Um, so let's kind of go into the meat of the conversation today, guys. Which is sports are back. And for all of you guys that know me, you know that I'm a Seattle fan, true and true. Um, probably the only non-Seattle-based uh, stuff that I enjoy. Obviously, went to University of Oregon, so I'm a UO fan for all their sports. Um, but then, once again, soccer-wise, I'm a big soccer guy. Liverpool is my team, always has been. Um, yeah, <laughs> We'll get into that a little bit later. Corey, is, uh, you're a Manchester United fan, correct? I am, yeah, and we can get into why I hopped on that bandwagon later. You know, I'm actually interested to hear the story, so we'll get into that a little bit later for sure. Um, all right, guys, so let's go ahead and just get right into, you know, Sports are coming back, right, to a certain extent. Like, obviously, soccer has been back. And for the people who care about soccer, we've been watching it. I know I have. But the majority of American sports have finally arrived, right? So let's go to you first, Corey. What sport are you most excited to have back and why? Um, so I'm a little conflicted because what I want to say is football, especially college football. But I also feel like that is probably the sport that should be coming back the least. I think that, uh, you know, even even this idea that like the Big Ten, the Pac-12 are cutting it to conference only games. That's a lot of interstate travel. If you some of these campuses are going to have kids back and stuff that you're really risking spreading the virus more. But football is definitely back coming back Uh, in terms of the sports back. Uh, hockey coming up here is is definitely the big one for me. Uh, I'm not that big of an NBA guy. I follow it decently enough to somewhat be able to know what I'm talking about. Um, Soccer-wise, you know, Manchester United and, and the Timbers, I love watching them. But uh, it's been it's been tough for me to watch the Premier League not liking, uh, not liking Liverpool because this has been a, a great year for them. Um, and, and the MLS just to me, it doesn't capture my interest that much outside of Timbers. Um, but yeah, I'm very excited to see hockey coming back. It'll be interesting to see, uh, you know, if kind of like you saw in the MLS and baseball the last two days, how much of like cobwebs there is, especially, you know, these are guys skating on ice. Some of these guys don't have, you know, as much access as other people when they were quarantined at home to do like proper training. So I think it'll be very interesting to see what the state of hockey is going to be like when it comes back. Yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely. Francis. I'm a huge basketball fan. Like just growing up, I've always been a big basketball fan and uh, born and raised a 
was the Nets and now now a Knicks fan after the Nets abandoned us for Brooklyn because I just I won't respect a Brooklyn team. But uh, like the Knicks are garbage and they've been for a long time and I, I don't foresee us getting better in the future. So it's just a uh, my life is a rough fandom for sports, but I respect them. So my uh, surrogate team is is LeBron and the Lakers. So oh, I, as, oh, yeah. as you know, big LeBron stan Francis I'm, Howard. I'm a, I'm a big LeBron fan. I my my mom's family lived in Cleveland. So they suffered for a long time, mm-hmm. and LeBron coming up the ranks in Akron, it was it was nice to kind of have that for us. So uh, I'm I'm hoping he wins, but I'm also a big Mets fan. So I'm looking forward to this season. I think Corey, it's 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 still early in the season. I think what are we like one game in? So give us a little bit of mm-hmm. time. Uh, but we we have a good team. We have a good good pitching, and I think we're we're coming into something something good this year, and maybe next year. So. I guess I've said that every year for my entire life, and uh, I've only seen two World Series attempts. But uh, <laughs> I believe that we will do it. So is this I'm just gonna, a perennial existence, Francis? Like just yeah, every I'm always optimistic in the spring. Yeah, the summer gets a little better, and I'm like, oh, this is good. Then the fall comes around. I'm like, we're doing it. The final stretch. Like I'm gonna close out on. The Mets are gonna close out everything they have going on, and then I normally get my stuff done. The Mets just utterly collapse. Um. Yeah, and then I look forward to the next NBA season. There you go. <laughs> you know, man, you could be a Mariners fan, so I guess it could be worse in terms of baseball fandom. Uh, That's that why is... Wilson and I, Wilson and I bonded so much because uh, <laughs> <laughs> someone on, sorrow. Someone on the Sharks. Sorry. Someone on the Sharks read it the other day. Tried to say that the Sharks are like the the baseball equivalent of the Sharks, just the M's. And I had to come in there and be like, no, sir. Like, it's not that bad. It's Oh, trust me. no. Yeah, <laughs> I was about to say. Nothing's as bad as the Padres. Yeah. Uh, Mariners, Mariners are literally the worst franchise in professional sports right now. Like, that, that's not even, like, a debatable fact. They've had, they have the longest drought from the playoffs in general. Um, they have, like, one of the worst records – in the entire MLB from like their entire existence. Like them being a Mariners fan myself, I'm not nearly as big of a baseball fan in general. So I can't really talk about it too much, but for the people who really care, the ones who are really suffering through this consistently, it's gotta be a tough existence. And to your point, Corey, the being a Mariners fan is nothing like being a Sharks fan. Like I would say being a Sharks fan is almost more similar to being an Oregon Ducks football fan. Right. Yes, you like, I, I, that's definitely a fair comparison. Exactly. Where you like kind of get to that pinnacle, like or at least close, right? Consistently, especially for the past um, decade for the Sharks in particularly, like you guys have had a lot of like good runs of success to a certain extent, and then just kind of like left the playoffs. Like to me, I think of the Sharks in the same respect of I think of the Clippers when they were like you know like the uh, the Lob City team, yeah, Lob City, exactly, yeah. There are yep. so many teams like that that just they had so much potential and they just never got there. It's so weird, too. It's one of those things in sports, man, where it's just some of these – it makes no sense to have complete, you know, roster turnovers, coaching turnovers, sometimes even ownership turnovers. And there's just some of these teams that it feels like there's a higher power that just says, no, you do not get to the top. You can climb. You do not get to go to the top. And yeah. it when you're a fan of, of some of those teams, especially – it's at times I almost – feel like you can make the argument it's almost worse because I feel like, you know, this idea of going into it's a like season. The nuts. Like, yeah. Going into this idea of the season, it's like, there's no way we're winning. 
like when having that there's there's less disappointment to be had of coming in being like this is our year you know last year um with the sharks that playoff run with that that incredible game seven against the knights you know as soon as they won that it's like this is one of those things where it's that that sports story you know of this team overcoming incredible odds they're going to make the run this is going to be the stanley cup story and then you know game had to go game seven again against the avalanche win that you know same thing oh it's got to be destiny and then everything just collapsed out from under us in that st louis series and it was just yep. it was it was such a low feeling my biggest sports moment i mean in, in my mind is i went to the 16th season the 16th game of the season when the patriots went 16-0 and beat the giants and i was like in the stadium i was like oh, damn like tom brady and randy moss just like destroyed us but it was only 38 35 and then like we get into the playoffs by like the skin of our teeth and then like the giants just kept rolling and then going to that super bowl like i just vividly remember watching that and like that's that's like the crowning moment in my sports my sports fandom is like watching us win that game against them and then like the ticker tape parade like a couple weeks later and new york just being like a madhouse that we upset boston and like took away their perfect season and all that so I'm, I'm actually curious, Francis, because I obviously experienced that entire Super Bowl and that season from a very different standpoint than you did. Like, what was it like? Is First of all, I have two, a two-part question here. What was it like to actually be a fan of the Giants during that time? And B, is the Boston-New York rivalry as big as, like, the, it's blown up to be oh, around the world? Yeah. yeah, so, like, we, I hate Boston. Like, I respect them, like, for what my mom's from Massachusetts originally, <laughs> but I hate Boston. Like, I just don't – I don't like the city. I don't like – like, people from there, I feel like, are sometimes pretentious. Like, I felt the same way about, like, people from UW when I was going to Oregon. I kind of still feel the same way about people from UW. But, like, it, it – to me, like, I think it was 2006, Eli Manning, that was his first, like, season, his rookie season, and he, um, like, came in and lost, like, every game. And then, like, the only game he won was against the Dallas Cowboys. And he beat uh, – I think he actually beat Tony Romo, like, at his first game, like, at Cowboy Stadium. And uh, I just remember being like, oh, he's all right. Like, maybe we'll do something. And yeah, like, he, year, signed the, he signed the away locker room that he yeah, got the first I, win there. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> like, he's such a savage. But, like, that next year, like, he comes in, I think it's 07, I guess. And he – like, we didn't play great. But, like, we were consistently, like, at the end of games, that was when, like, people were, like – Eli Manning is clutch and he was just closing out games. And if you look back at that season, he, I think he won like four or five games, if not more with a fourth quarter drive with a touchdown to seal it at the end of the game. Like he didn't always get field goals. He like legitimately got touchdowns and like actually won the game like in a closeout. Um, And so like going into that final game, the Patriots were 15 and 0 and we were like, I think we were probably like eight and seven or nine and uh, nine and uh, six or something Mm -hmm. like that. And, um, and we, I thought we had a chance. And then we held them the entire game and they had to beat us with a field goal. And I just remember thinking to myself like, Oh dude, we can beat Tom Brady. Like we can beat the Patriots. And they just rolled the Patriots rolled to the playoffs. And we just like the same thing. Each game was like a nail biter. And we had kind of like what Corey said with the sharks. We had to like play to the end. Like I remember beating San Francisco in candlestick, like, and them like on, I literally listened to that game on the radio driving home with my dad from a camping trip for boy scouts. And I was like, we were like listening on the radio and they were like, the wind's blowing, like candlestick is going crazy and like all this stuff. And then we beat them with a field goal and then we beat Brett Favre with a field goal. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, this is destiny. We're killing them. Boom. Nice. Yeah. yeah. I mean, unlike that, the Sharks, was, though, they actually, you know, closed it off. That's, 
And that's the crazy, like that Plexico Burris play. Like there are so many things in that, in that way. Is Plexico Burris that year or is he 2011? I can't uh, remember. I think, I, think was, he was, I think he was that year. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it was, the, it was like, it's the Tyree catch on the head mm-hmm. with the helmet catch, which is still insane to think about. Like, Plexico had the touchdown catch. though. Yeah, exactly. He caught it like it was a fadeaway to the left. Like it was the yep. same play that won so many games. Yeah. So, you know, it's interesting. I, this, I don't want to get too, too into Eli Manning talk, but, uh, but oh. God, that guy is – he's like the most mystifying quarterback in the world to me. Um, the only person who I understand maybe even less is, uh, is Joe Flacco. Like those two guys are like two people who I just – I, I don't understand because Eli Manning Plummer. had moments of, yeah. Well, <laughs> so yeah, forgetting some of the other quarterbacks that we don't need to know. Like I just, I think of guys like Eli Manning and I'm just like, okay, how the fuck did he just pull it all together in sometimes? And there was, I don't think I've ever seen such a, like such a dynamic difference of play between a quarterback's good and a quarterback's bad than Eli Manning. I think it, it I think the biggest thing, to be honest, was the coaching changes um, and then the shifting personnel. I think they kept a lot of things together for a long time, and there was so much change, and then things just continued to change. Um, And I think that Eli, like, if you look at him historically, like, was a very system quarterback. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of what he did was very system-oriented, and he learned something and then just kind of perfected what he had been doing. Um, And I think, unfortunately, like, he got his Super Bowls and then went through a period where the NFL completely shifted in its style of play. And Eli just was not the type of quarterback like that. Like, if you look at quarterbacks today, Eli is not that type of quarterback. Yeah. So yeah. that's – Fair enough. But he – I mean, in my mind, he handled New York perfectly. Do you think that was just because he was just too derpy to understand the uh, – Sometimes. The intricacies of New York? I think he – in my mind, the way I look at Eli, like – and I – funny story, I met him in a Quiznos in Hoboken when I was like – it was his rookie season – and he, some dude was making a, like making a Quizno sandwich for me. And then Eli's behind me in line. And I'm like, are you Eli Manning? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, oh, can you sign this dollar for me? So he signed a dollar bill and a Quiznos menu from Hoboken. That's awesome. And I'm like, oh my God, thank you so much. <laughs> and like, I'm like, this is amazing. And then the guy behind the counter is like, am I making Eli Manning sandwich? <laughs> and it was just like, <laughs> like he was a stout. He's like, oh, I'm going to give you extra meat. And like gave him extra toppings on his sandwich and stuff. It was just like the most genuine like interaction. And then he got into a, like a Toyota Ford runner with old, like with Mississippi plates on it. And like, nice. like nice. just drove, drove out of Hoboken. So I just I like, in my that. mind, yeah, I just, I feel like he was like a pretty down to earth guy, but he just like, didn't really care for all the like glamour that New York had to offer. Man, if you, had to, if you had to compare, like, football players to fast food, I feel like Eli Manning and Quiznos is just perfect. Like, <laughs> it's pretty good. It's not horrible, but, like, there's better Spot options. On. <laughs> Spot on. That's, yeah, that's actually – that's very accurate. <laughs> there's been a lot of times where I'm like, you're like, yeah, Quiznos isn't the best. Like, I don't dislike it, but it's not the best. But sometimes when you're just that type of hungry and it's the one place – it comes in clutch, just like Eli like Manning in Super five. It's like 2005, 2006. We're like hanging out in a Quiznos. Like, <laughs> man, I do Quiznos uh, still exist? Side note: Do they still I, exist? I can't. I can't find them. I haven't seen one in maybe six, yeah. seven, eight years. There is know. not one in I the think, Portland area, and that's all I know. I they think they've been consolidated to like the Midwest. Mm, okay. 
I'm about to say they used to be everywhere, sure, but they definitely they definitely shrunk. All right, so I moving on. Really, John's. Oh, oh, go ahead, go ahead. I was say sandwiches. Random fact, but sandwich shops like that are very successful in the Midwest. I saw when I was traveling for Kaisai. That's not shocking. It feels like the Midwest feels yeah. like a, a sandwich type of place. Like just in general, like the, you got hoagies. <laughs> are they hoagies in the Midwest? Is that what they call them? <laughs> in Pennsylvania, they did. I will say that's all I know. I've heard them in Pennsylvania as hoagies, but that's also like Pennsylvania is such a strange state in general. I, I couldn't begin to explain that one. Pittsburgh is wildly different than Philadelphia in some ways. Um, oh, yeah. And, yeah, it's just – it's interesting. And, Corey, correct me if I'm wrong. You have family from Pittsburgh, correct? I am. I, I realized I, I skipped over that in my sports uh, background. My dad and his brother both were born and grew up in Pittsburgh, uh, Mount Lebanon area, which is, like, right over the bluff that kind of looks down on the city. They always show that shot, like, you know, at Monday night football games and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so, so I, I grew up with Steelers fan. There's a, there's a picture of me, uh, in the hospital right after I was born with my dad sticking a little tiny little Steelers cap on me. Uh, <laughs> that's great. That's great. I appreciate that a lot. So being a Steelers fan, I mean, that's, that, that has to be pretty nice. Like just as far as like the overall consistency, obviously these past few years haven't been necessarily fantastic as a Steelers fan, but Overall, like, I feel like being a Steelers fan has to be one of the better fandoms to be a part of consistently. And yeah, it definitely was. And then kind of going circling back to this, like, not being able to, to get to the top, but climbing, you know, it was just, it was a year after year that the, tr- the killer bees, man, the fact that those guys never got a Super Bowl was just shock. As a Steelers fan, you know, being completely biased was just absolutely shocking. Um, this last year was pretty rough. Uh, I, I am in a, I, I just call it shocking minority of Steelers fans who are ready to move on from big Ben. I'm just sick of yeah. consistency. Uh, there's some off field issues. I've been extremely uncomfortable with rooting for this guy for a while now. Uh, we don't have so. to get into that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, you, know, I, you, know, you know, yeah. Um, I was really excited about Mason Rudolph last year, and oh boy, that didn't that go did, well. Yeah, I was say that did not pan out like you wanted. Yeah, so. he had a few games, but man, getting clonked in the head with that delete a few tweets. Yeah, oh yeah, that too. But yeah, getting clonked in the head with a helmet with your own helmet does not seem like something you come back from and have a successful career with. Uh, so we'll, we'll see what happens. I hate our defense is good again, which is exciting, man. That was, that went rough from being consistently like top five, top 10 defense to just bottom of the league in some categories. So yeah, I'll, for pre- sure. I'll appreciate that for sure. Um, Tom Brady, it, but like you were saying, you know, it was really nice because there's this idea of just like, yeah, we may have lost, but we still have more Super Bowls for you. And, you know, I only got to witness two of them since I've been alive. But, you know, I'd still throw that at anyone who's talking talking shit on the Steelers. But uh, Tom Brady spoiled that a little bit, and that wasn't pleasant. I'm just glad he didn't get another one. Personally, I, I can't I believe he went to Tampa Bay. It's weird. I don't, I don't think he'll get one there. I just – I don't have any faith in the Tampa franchise. But he certainly got the tools of receiver. It's interesting because sometimes I forget that Tampa Bay has a Super Bowl win in the 21st century. 
right? Oh, because I, there I are... used to be a huge Tampa fan there because just because my my grandma lived in Florida and I, you know, okay, I was into this big defense thing because that was you know that's the Steelers' mo throughout their franchise and yep, that yep. Super Bowl was a fun Super Bowl and so I'm like this is going to be my team now, Dad. I'm not. I've moved on <laughs> past the Steelers. I gave that about two seasons and I came right back to the Steelers. I was like, yeah, never mind. Yeah, they've been so chaotic for so long now. It's uh, it's going to be interesting to see what they're like with Brady on. They have the right coach. I mean, like, I, if I think about their team last year, to be honest, the, the biggest deficit to their team was Jameis Winston. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> like, he, he, he was awful. Yeah. He threw as many interceptions as touchdowns. That's Yeah. That's not a great and, thing to have. And like half of those were returned for touchdowns on the other side. And that's such a high volume that it's just on both sides of the coin. It was absolutely ridiculous how well he was doing, throwing offensive touchdowns and giving the ball right over. It's, yeah. it, was incre- yeah, it, was, it was honestly incredible to watch. That's why I feel like it's, he's, he's just like a gunslinger. Like he just is like the, the Chad Pennington of <laughs> the new football, <laughs> like just chucking the ball. I don't know. It's interesting. I think the thing that I think of right away is Bruce Arians is a guy who likes to air the ball out a lot. And I just, I, I question if Tom Brady has the arm strength to be able to like do that. So I'm curious to see like how Arians is going to adjust his play calling to like fit Brady's style to a certain extent, which is like, obviously like a lot of short routes, right? That's kind of like Brady's MO is like quick short routes, right? So it's, it's going to be fascinating to see like what Tampa Bay's offense ends up looking like next year compared to like what they were last year, which was, you know, Jameis just airing the ball out for somebody to hopefully catch it. And if not, it's going to be the other team catching it. So <laughs> Just lofting it up there. Somebody's going to get it. Exactly. I don't know whose gloves it's going into, but it's going into yeah. somebody's gloves. And worked through I, it from all through college. Just kept the same MO. <laughs> I'm certainly excited to see going back, because just like Francis, I don't necessarily think the highest of the people from Boston. Um, so I'm excited to see this sort of internal fight between them of, well, what was it Belichick's system or is it Brady who got him at all the titles? I think I think that'll be a fun narrative this next season. It's been and talking Cam, about a lot, but. Cam Newton's going to be incredible. On, that's going to be a cool, cool thing to see. It is going to be interesting. And I agree very much, Corey. I think it's – I think I'm really glad Tom Brady left New England because it allows us to now have, like, a consistency among that debate. Because before, it was always something that, like, you could never know because Tom Brady obviously was on the Patriots. But now we can actually start to see – and I wish I almost wish he had done this earlier because now we can actually sit down and see, okay, is it Tom Brady or is it Belichick? In my personal opinion, I think it's going to end up being Belichick in the end. I think Belichick is arguably the greatest coach of all time um, in football in general, but really I just, I find it really fascinating to see the internal strife as well between Boston fans, because you know, they love Tom Brady. I've heard Boston fans talk about getting, um, Tampa Bay uh, Brady or Gronk jerseys because they love those players so much. So it is going to be really fun to watch that. It's going to be it's going to be Tampa Bay versus the Patriots in the Super Bowl. I would love that. I would be. I honestly, I don't even care if the Seahawks don't make it. If that's 
the matchup, I would be so happy. It's gonna, it's gonna, so be, it's gonna happen. I'm, I'm predicting it right now. Boom, the right NFL down. would certainly love that to happen. They, oh, yeah. you know. Roger Goodell would be like, I don't need fans in the stadium. That is my Super Bowl. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry Jones would be like, it's fine. I don't care. Just make it happen. Give me the money. Give me the revenue sharing. Yeah, well, Jerry Jones is going to be fine no matter what. The, the Cowboys are going to be the Cowboys. He's, he's going to be good. All right, guys. So before we continue to move on to our AT Pick'em, I, I want to end it with one quick predictions, right? So really quickly, Let's go through just NBA, MLB, NHL. Corey, we'll start with you for NHL. NHL predictions for these games coming up. What do you th- who do you think is going to be crown champion? Um, you know, you got an interesting system go- or situation. Sorry, uh, going on in Boston right now with Pasta not returning to the team. Uh, if he comes back, if the Bruins have a full healthy lineup, I don't want to see it, but I can easily see them raising the cup next year. It was, it was honestly pretty surprising not seeing him win it last year. You know, minimal turnover coming into this season. Uh, I, I can definitely see them doing it. I, I would say it's kind of weird to call it a dark horse. Um, I feel like it's in terms of the narrative going around. A lot of people haven't seen it. Wouldn't be surprised if uh, the Penguins make a, a run to see Sid raise his fourth cup. Um, it just feels like kind of one of those, those storylines. He's, you know, he's getting up there in age of it. Same with Malkin. Um, it seems like they might be able to put on a, a one last hurrah, you know, a, a fight, getting to the top one last time. Um, I'm a little biased there. I do love the Penguins, but I wouldn't be that shocked to see that happen. Yeah, it's interesting to hear the term dark horse being used about the Penguins in general. To me, that just feels strange. Um, but at the same time, I'm interested. I think uh, teams that I'm watching right now, just teams I'm – always curious about like Tampa Bay. I kind of want to see if they'll finally kind of put it together. Um, you know, there's obviously like, I think the cool thing about hockey is there's a lot of different teams that have a reasonable uh, chance of, of lifting the cup to a certain extent, but I do agree. Boston has looked like the best team um, for a while now. Like shockingly, they didn't win last year. Uh, I'll agree with that sentiment for sure. Um, I definitely do not want to see the pens lift or at least Sidney Crosby lift their fourth. Uh, so we'll, we'll see on that one. Um, but switching it really quickly to NBA, Francis, predictions for the NBA. Who do you think is going to be lifting the trophy? Honestly, I, I, I mean, I want the Lakers to get it. Like that would be my goal because I think there's going to be an asterisk no matter what. But I think, I think going into it, I think they looked the best before everything got shut down. Um, they were just looking really primed and getting heated for everything. Um, but right now, I'm thinking the Clippers look really good. Um, and, and I feel like there's a chance that in the East that you could see the Bucks like, make a run or, or honestly the 76ers. Like, they're all – everybody's looking pretty, pretty good. And the, the teams that have been put together in the bubble, I feel like, are, are well-assembled and they're, they're primed to want to wanna play. So – um, I feel like that's a toss-up right now. Um, but my, if I was going to throw my card anywhere, I'd, obviously I'm, I'm betting on LeBron. I think that he's, he's done it so many years in a row. What, what's the stop him from doing it again? Can I, uh, can I derail the conversation for a second? Yeah, derail, derail, derail away. Do you, guys, do you guys think with at least in terms of like NBA and uh, um, the uh, NHL, do you think they should have asterisks? Or what do you think? Are you going to consider the winner – the legitimate like title winner or are you going to be like, yeah, but you know, I think in the bubble, the NHL. So like, if I'm not mistaken, the NHL, their, their, um, 
they're just starting the season over, correct? No, they're doing a bubble system like the NBA is, but they're doing uh, two separate bubbles for the East and the West. Okay, but so they they are also doing like sort of a play in into the playoffs based off of the previous standings. Or I was I haven't watched too much NFL. Like the, yeah, the and, and the same so. way as the NBA, they've excluded the bottom tier teams. So and that essentially for me, like, and that's why I think that for the NBA, like I say it's an asterisk just because it's a shortened season and like it's not the same. Um, but they're still legitimate champs in my mind because like these teams are they've all agreed they said they they abide by these rules. Like as fans, I mean, I get that we can kind of like dictate what we believe. But if all these teams agreed to these terms and got into this tournament, it's a legitimate championship in my mind. Yeah. I mean, I agree. I think, uh, I think it's one of those things where at the end of the day, like all of those franchises, all those teams, all those owners, everybody came together and agreed upon these, these uh, systems. So like to say that it would be an asterisk season, I feel it would be, um, we'll be doing a disservice to all the players who are kind of coming out of a lot of, uh, you know, like, honestly, like it's tough for players to go from like three months of quarantine right into playing, you know, and, consistently again, practicing again. Stuff and like they're that, completely so. leaving their families. Like these people, mm-hmm. like I know somebody who's uh, like related to, like, I don't know them personally, but I've, I'm like friends with their families and they're directly related to a player and the player has to go for like three months, basically. Like they're not allowed out of the bubble. They can't see people like they're in hotel rooms. Like they have a good, obviously they're NBA players, but it like, it's like, I don't know. It is a commitment and it's their job. So, I mean, to me, I'm like, if they win, they win and it's real. Yeah. Yeah. Corey, what do you think? Um, I think, I think the NBA and NHL, you certainly have a lot better of a case of being like, Hey, you know, for the most part, this is probably how the seasons were going into a playoff. Um, you also gave teams who had a chance to make a run. You know, you look at the NBA, like the Blazers, who started off, things were not going well, and that team turned around quite a bit. Um, and, you know, they had injuries all season. So they're one of those teams that, like, you know, if they just went straight into a playoff, they wouldn't have made it, but they got a chance now. So I think that adds legitimacy to it. Um, if you look at, like, the MLS, though, if the Timbers win it, hell yes. They are legitimate champions. Everyone must respect them, <laughs> get on their knees and praise them. Um, if anyone else wins, no, that's, you know, that's, they completely changed how the season works. Two of the, two of the teams pulled out before it even started. Um, I not saying that either of those teams would have won. In fact, I would say that they would put money on them not doing so, but, um, you know, that they completely changed how the playoff system worked. You know, they went to this world cup format, which I think is cool to be honest. I, I really like it. Um, but I, I'll put an asterisk next to that unless Portland hoists the cup. <laughs> but I mean, that's how I feel about the MLB in a, in a sense. I feel like it's, it's going to be tough. Like I'm not a huge proponent of 162 games. I think that's a very long season, but in the sense of averages and, and how the season has been played out before it, um, I think just to have such an abrupt shortening of the season is tough to justify all the stats and to justify everything that is going to happen. So I think there is a case in that regard to when you compare seasons against one another in the MLB especially, to be like, this was very different. Um, but at the same time, once again, like back to my original sentiment, I think that like these teams are overcoming a lot of challenges to even put the season on. Um, obviously, it's all money-driven. But because of that, I'm kind of like, yeah, I'm going to admit they're champions. They won that series. But we'll also be able to be like, but I'm just yeah. going to have – it always will have that conversation, which I think is nice for, for sports talk and the ability to kind of – 
to discuss yeah. those things. Yeah, of course. I mean, sports in general live off of the conversations of the the butt. Yeah. Then, like, the other thing right? is, in, in baseball, you might see, like, because it's a shortened season, like, players are able to go more all out at the beginning when they're fresh. Mm-hmm. And that might totally change the project, like, the trajectory of how their stats actually come out. So it could be a very different, like teams don't have as much time to get the same rhythm or they have, they get into the rhythm faster than others. So it really could alter everything and make it a really interesting season. It's just different. Yeah. I would argue to me, baseball seems like it's going to be the one that's affected the most by the shortening for sure. Like just like pitchers are going to be able to pitch that just that much better. Like who knows what's going to happen to a certain extent. I always, I say that, I say that. And, uh, the Mariners still got blown out 82 yesterday by the Astros. So I don't know. We'll find out. Like I was going to, my prediction beforehand was going to be, there was going to be less runs, but you know, I guess we'll end up seeing who knows. It's just, it feels like baseball is going to have some, uh, some serious changes to it just because of the system that they've implemented, just how short the season itself is going to be. Um, but I think at the same time as well as like, they didn't get taken out of their season. Right. Which was, I think something that rocked a lot of the, uh, the NHL, NBA, um, MLS, not quite as much, but, uh, but you know, it is what it is. And to your sentiment, Corey, I think that the MLS, while I really enjoyed the uh, structure that they put into place, I, I don't know how I feel about, uh, about the, like the actual, you know, I guess the game's going on, right? It just, it seems funky. Everything seems funky about it. Uh, either way, once again, I agree with you. It'll be an asterisk season unless the Sounders, with my own bias, host, hoist the cup. Uh, the you, biggest, you mean the Red Bulls, right? The yeah. biggest asterisk is on if it sounds. <laughs> All right, guys. So let's go ahead and roll into the AT Pick'em for the day. But before that, we're going to go ahead and go into our last two ad reads of the day, which are going to start out with ESR Embroidery. So are you looking for some custom apparel for your growing business? Are you looking to make personalized logos for you, your team, or just want some custom swag for yourself? Well, if you do come to ESR embroidery for all your personalized apparel needs, we're talking shirts, hats, hoodies, and more built on ingenuitive designs and detailed work. You'll be able to bring the design you've always been looking for alive at ESR. Find them on Instagram at ESR underscore embroidery for personalized inquiries or on Etsy for all other work. Last but not least, we're going to talk about Down Dog Athletics. You know them. Their mission is to make yoga and mental health more accessible to athletes so they can better improve their performance. Every yoga sequence is designed to mimic movement patterns seen in the gym and on the field. Every mindset technique is put through the lens of how an athlete sees the world. We believe that every athlete needs a balance between their light side and their dark side. We're programmed to be dark side dominant, always going harder and faster. But sometimes we need to tap into our light side by slowing down and practicing stillness. When you slow down, you gain more awareness. When you gain more awareness, you smooth out inefficiencies and become faster. Slow is smooth and smooth is fast. Find out how Down Dog Athletics can help you reach your goals at downdogathletics.com. All right, guys. So the AT Pick'em today for everybody who I don't think we actually mentioned at the beginning of the show. So I apologize to all the listeners out there. So the AT Pick'em today. Surprise. Yeah. Surprise to everybody is going to be on best sports cities. 
And, you know, honestly, this is one of those things where, like, there's definitely going to be some biases coming in here. I tried to be as objective as possible, but, uh, but at the same time, you know, people are going to say what they're going to say. So, Corey. We're doing the best worst sports cities, right? And that's what we're well no we're doing the best sports cities but you can do whatever you want francis um seattle (laughs) so Corey, yes sir you get the first pick because you're the guest of the show today my man so remember this is snake draft style so it's going to go you francis then me twice then francis you twice francis or Francis, you look. You look. I got stuck with the Dorian spot. That's fine. I understand. Do you want? Do you want to switch with me? No, no, it's okay. I'll be in the middle. I, I was gonna say you still get no, as many. I picks. don't mind. It's okay. Okay. All right, man. All right. All right. All right. Okay. Just a little hurt. <laughs> it's something that's up to you. We can switch if need be, but uh, but you get the general idea, Corey. I know you've done a snake draft before, plenty of times. So, with that said. I'm going to be taking a tally. This is going to go up on Instagram uh, probably either two days from now. Oh, yeah, I would imagine two days from now. So what do you got for your first pick, man? All right. So I, I put thought into this based on this criteria. I'll just do this real quickly. I think you got to have some success in your sports for it to be a good sports city. I think you need to have dedicated fan base because who cares if you're winning titles and no one's there to watch it. There's no one there in the town really to discuss it with. And I also tried to take away some points for fan toxicity, which uh, brought down a couple that I think are obvious, like high up picks for me. I'm sure you guys will scoop these up. But anyways, uh, yeah, so uh, completely unbiasedly, I'm going to go with Pittsburgh, number one. You've got the Pens and you've got the uh, the Steelers who have won some titles. Those, you know, I obviously interact with a lot of those guys you know, online, in real life, whatever, Pittsburgh fans, they're everywhere because, you know, their fans are so dedicated. If they leave the city, the fandom stays through generations. Um, and then they also have the Pirates, who they love, not to the same extent, who do not get that that success, which I think just shows how good of a sports city it really is. You know, that's a great pick. That's actually something that I did not consider right away. Um, yeah, I agree. I think Pittsburgh, as much as I don't like the Steelers mostly just because they robbed the Seahawks of their first ever Super Bowl. I, uh, it was fair. <laughs> it's like objectively known as like one of the worst ref jobs ever, but in wins general, win. yeah. Wins win. <laughs> so yeah, I think, I think you're right. I think Pittsburgh does a really good job of showing out for their, for their teams, no matter what. Um, I've seen pirates games and stuff like that. They seem to care about their teams thick and thin um that's a I, I that's a really solid choice weirdly enough i didn't even have them on my list i'm not sure why i'm surprised that i've completely forgot about pittsburgh but uh frenchy you're up next man what do you got yeah so i guess mine when i think about it i was kind of trying to do the same thing i think like where are the best fans or not the best fans but the fans that have the most loyalty to their team um they're kind of consistently wearing stuff for their team they're always bragging about them and really passionate about them um, and I mean, I guess it kind of kills me. I mean, I was leaning two ways with this one. Um, and I think it kills me that they're leaving, but I think Oakland, like in its own right, is, is a really big city um, because you're losing so many teams right now from mm-hmm. Oakland, but they had the A's, they had the Raiders, and they had the Golden State Warriors. Um, and I feel like people like to say the Warriors are like San Francisco's team, 
but in reality, like they were built and really like that fandom is started from people who are from like Oakland and Richmond and like the East Bay more. Um, and I think that it's, it's just like a cool, cool city. Um, and like the A's have like a crazy fandom. Like I remember Sador, like the A's kind of like the Mets, like they, they're like these perennial teams where they're kind of like right on the cusp. They're not always getting there, but they kind of have those fans that are always there for them. Um, and then the Raiders, I mean, that's like, you, it is what it is. Like the Raiders are, that's their fandom. I know they've kind of changed a lot in their cities recently, um, but those fans are crazy for that team. Yeah. Um, so that's just like, as much as I don't like the Bay area um, and I'm a little uh, biased against them after going to Oregon, <laughs> I think, uh, I think Oakland as a city is, is they have a good fan spirit and I think they do a good, a good job of showing up for their teams. So I have two thoughts on that. A, I, that's a good dark horse pick. I, I, once again, I didn't even think of Oakland. Um, I think probably just because I don't enjoy Bay Area teams very much in the same respect to what you were saying. Yeah, but, I refuse to put them on my list for that reason. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And Corey, maybe, maybe you can answer this for me. Are most people in Oakland Sharks fans? if they care about hockey at all? No. If they care about hockey, I would say yes. That's probably fair. But no, um, unfortunately, the Sharks, it, it, if you look at, like, teams that get just, like, not the representation in their, like, area in terms of fans, uh, mm-hmm. like, across sports, they're one of the biggest who are kind of sort of underappreciated. They really are San Jose, Los Gatos, the, the surrounding areas team more than they are the Bay team in the way that like the Warriors have become, you know, uh, okay. it, it's unfortunate. It's annoying as a Sharks fan. That's like, especially that year they went to that Stanley cup. Everyone's, you know, talking about the Warriors. It's like, Hey, you know, you got two teams in the area competing for championships right now. There's not just the one. Yeah. Yeah. It's disappointing because like you watch cities like Vegas, for instance, like speaking of Oakland and the, or speaking of the Raiders, I should say uh, you watch like cities like Vegas get so behind their NHL team. Um, I just thought it was, uh, it was interesting that they don't do the same for San Jose because they, they have had so much like playoff success to a certain extent recently. Um, the last thing I'll note on this pick is Oakland has always been like way higher on my list of cool than San Francisco. And I think that should be for everybody. Um, yeah. It's just, I can't stand San Francisco fans. Um, and that goes for the Golden State fans who are from San Francisco. Uh, but at the same time, Giants fans, Niners fans, all those people, they're arguably the most fair weather fans I've ever met in my life. Um, oh, they're great. They're great when the teams are losing because you don't hear from them at all. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. They do get very quiet very quickly. Um, actually, at the very end of this, just for fun, if we have a little bit of extra time, we'll see. But uh, I do want to do like, maybe a few of our worst sports cities and uh, see what picks we have to throw in there. All right. So man, you know, I'm, uh, I'm up and this is a really tough pick for me because I have a few cities on here. Um, but I really, I liked your criteria, Corey, that you kind of put into place. So this is going to change my pick a little, you know who I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with Chicago. I'm going to go with Chicago. So Chicago has always felt like one of those cities that like in the same light as, uh, as Pittsburgh, um, to a certain extent, like not, not nearly as much success really, but, uh, they seem to always be really behind their teams. Um, like bears fans are really, really, really big bears fans, right? 
Cubs fans, the people from Chicago will love their Cubs no matter what. And like to watch them go through all they had to do before the Cubs finally won. Uh, that was big. Like, I just think, and you know, the only two other team that uh, right away that stands out is like obviously the Blackhawks and they've had a lot of success, but uh, I just feel like Chicago to me has been one of the most consistent cities when it comes to good fandom, um, even when their teams aren't great. And uh, I've always respected the hell out of that. All right. Any thoughts guys? Otherwise we're going to go to you, Corey. No, that's a good pick. Don't you have another one now? Or is it you oh, you're now? right. You're right. I do. I do. don't even know how to do your own show, man. <laughs> Come on. You're right. You're right. Okay. Um, so, you know, God, I hate myself for doing this. I'm going to pick it because this is a little bit of pandering to a certain extent, but at the same time, I feel like it's uh, it's going to be a contentious one. Anyways, I'm going to go with Boston. Thank you. I didn't want that on the board. Thank you. I didn't want to have to pick it. Yeah, I, I didn't want to do it myself because I despise Boston fans. But when it comes down to like team success, loyalty, um, consistency, I mean, granted, I've like throughout my entire life, for the most, for the majority of my lifetime, Boston has been good at sports. Um, so like, I've never really been able to watch them be bad. So I don't know what Patriots fans were like um, before they started being good because I was too young to even really understand. Um, but throughout the majority of my lifetime and when I've been paying attention, Boston fans have, if nothing else, been consistent. And by consistent, I mean really fucking annoying. So, you know what, for that, I will take them on my list of, uh, of best sports cities. Um, is it, is it Francis up? What's happening? <laughs> no, you're, you're up my man. I am. Okay. Um, Francis, who'd you take? Oh, oh, Oakland. See, oh no, no I apologize. Come on, this is the boy. second time we've messed this up now. <laughs> Francis, it is your chance. I, I apologize. We, this oh, is the first girl. time I've screwed this up. So uh, apparently I forgot how to do a snake draft as soon as Corey entered the picture. So oh, Francis, it is your choice. I feel like I just ruined everything. Okay. So I guess um, I'm biased. I'm taking it. I, I think, I mean, we're pretty terrible as people sometimes, but New York, baby, I feel like, I feel like the New York metropolitan area has some pretty, pretty good fans. Like I said, the Mets fans were loyal. We, we suck, but we're there all the time. Um, Knicks, Knicks fans, same thing. We're, we're shitty, but we're there. Mm-hmm. Um, look at the Nets when they were in New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> like it's just we just have this perennial like we want to be good we should be good we're a great city but we just we can't can't get our money to talk on the court or on the uh on the field sometimes or in the ice rink either and uh but yeah i don't know i think i think in in the long term um new york has some pretty great long long-term franchises in all of their respective sports leagues um and i think they're kind of staples within sports overall um, and when you look back to like major league sports, starting for basketball, for baseball, um, even for football, uh, our sports teams were some of the originators of those leagues. Um, and I think that our fans kind of like that history and for better, or for worse, we play off of that. Um, and I think just similar to Boston, it's, it's people love to hate us and people love when we're shitty and they hate us when we're good. Um, but I think that that's what makes a great sports sports team and a great sports city is same with Pittsburgh. Like people hate Pittsburgh when they're good, but like they don't even think about them when they're shitty. They're just like, whatever, it's Pittsburgh. Like, yeah. So yeah, yeah. yeah that's all New York. It's interesting. I didn't, I didn't have New York anywhere near my list because uh, I just feel like 
there's so many teams there that it's hard for me to fully understand like what it's like to be a New York fan. Right. Because like the difference between Mets fans and Yankees fans are enormous. Like I oh, yeah. like Mets fans a lot. Mets fans are awesome. Yankees fans, on the other hand, are my they're worst garbage. Enemy. They're garbage humans. Yeah, yeah. They, I don't like Yankees fans at all. But they're good fans for their team. They're loyal as fuck. They're loyal like, as fuck. But when I go to Mariners, really demanding, and if they lose a yeah. year, they're like, fire the manager that just won a six world champions. Like we need yep. to get rid of that dude. Yeah, it's it's they're crazy. So they are insane. They are they've they are the most spoiled franchise yeah. in all of professional sports, in my opinion. Maybe the Patriots are the second, but, uh, but I don't know from my personal, uh, I guess like my experience with Yankees fans has always been like at Mariners games, for instance, like just the most garbage humans. They'll just like, they'll throw stuff at people. They'll just be obnoxious. They'll be just the biggest assholes in the world. And it's like, dude, we get it. The Yankees are a great franchise. They're way better than the Mariners. Like, quit being assholes. You don't even need to be like this. Like, there's no point. The Mariners, half the time, they're getting absolutely crushed. And it's just like, it's like, dude, you're just, you're just being assholes for no reason. So I think stuff like that sticks in my brain. So I'm just like, I don't know. I, I just, Yankees sounds like a, a lesser city fan being disappointed in the positives of a better city's fans. <laughs> and, and it kind of plays to my point, which is that other cities love to hate us when we're doing good and they are really happy when we're doing bad. So you're just playing into why we're a good, a good sports city. So That's a very New York answer right there. Thank you. All right, Corey, you are up now. Now finally. it's your turn, Corey. Yeah, yeah like finally. I, I will. All right. So this yeah. is... In terms of draft strategy, this is probably a bad pick because I could get them later. But I think this is a really good pick here. I'm going to go north of the border and say Toronto. Um, I think that now is the perfect time to point out how good of a sports city uh, they are with the Raptors having just won the title last year. You know, this is a city that I can't really speak to the Blue Jays, so this might, like, discredit my whole thing. Maybe they have three fans a game. I don't know. I don't really watch baseball. But, you know, they absolutely came out for that Raptors championship, you know, that, that thing was huge for that whole city and really that whole country, um, you know, in terms of how they celebrate it. And you see it also with Leaf fans. Now other people who live maybe closer to Toronto or Canadians might say I'm a little bit of a hypocrite because I said fan toxicity should come into play. And I have heard a lot about how Leaf fans suck, but I've never had a bad interaction with a Leaf fan. Mind you, that's few interactions. I live in Portland. Um, but, but, you know, when you watch them in the playoffs, you know, those stadiums are packed, they're loud as hell. And then they pack, I think it's called Jurassic Park, right? Right outside the stadium there, yep. which is thousand, you know, it looks like they could fill the stadium again. That's just how many people are there. They really get behind their teams. Uh, and, and I would say it's been pretty good through, you know, success and not, you know, the, the Leafs have been pretty disappointing for that fan base for a while now, you know, it's been a long time since they last won a cup. Um, but, and you know, the, the Raptors had not won anything until this past year, but you know, the, I've always felt like the Raptors have a good fan base up there that they show up, that they're loud. Um, you know, even in the playoffs where they're, you know, huge underdogs, they were always there and loud. Yeah. So I'll, I'll confirm one thing for you about the Blue Jays. Blue Jays fans are awesome. They're, they come every year. Uh, I always go to every single game of the Blue Jays series in, 
in Seattle because they fill out like 75% of the stadium in Seattle. They're the nicest fans. They're super cool. I've actually hung out with a bunch of them before in the past. Um, super fun people. And they are very passionate about uh, the Blue Jays. And obviously they're willing to travel quite a bit. Um, granted, a lot of them are probably, a lot of these fans that I'm probably experiencing are from like, you know, more of the British Columbia area, but still they like Blue Jays fans come out in droves. They, they do a good job. So I'll, I'll even give it to them there. Uh, I've heard the same about Maple Leafs fans about them being a pretty toxic culture, but if nothing else, at the end of the day, they definitely are very good fans. You have one and like, more pick that now. might be like Canadian toxic too, which to Americans is nothing, you know? Um, <laughs> yeah. My next pick, I'm going to go with the ATL man for similar reasons. Not so much the, the winning success, but Atlanta fans, you know, they're passionate. Uh, they're, they're, you know, we've talked a lot about these teams that just never seem to be able to get it done. That's the perfect definition for the Falcons, you know, and those guys are just as proud. They are, willing to stick up for Matt Ryan, no matter how awful he is in a season or how good he is. Um, you know, they, they come out to those Hawks games, which are also pretty disappointing. Uh, but the big one for me that really got them to, to, on my list so high was the way they came out for Atlanta United. You know, they were packing a football, a big football stadium to watch soccer. And, you know, that's a really impressive thing to do. You, you know, you see it in Seattle, but even in Seattle, man, they're, you know, regular season games are typically, you know, all the, the top sections are, are, there's no fans there. They put the banners yeah, down, whatever. Yeah. Uh, but like some of those regular seasons game, I believe their inaugural game was at capacity. I could be wrong there, but you know, they fill out, they're loud. They, they are so behind the team. If there's any fan base, I think that really deserve to have immediate success with a new franchise, I think Atlanta is one of them. I know what soccer culture is in the U.S. It's growing, but it, it's still lagging majorly compared to the other sports. And the fact that, you know, a southern city especially, where yep. football is yep. so huge, would come out the way they did for, for that team, I think definitely earns them a spot on the list. Yeah, agreed. I think it was really cool to see Atlanta United come out in such force, especially because soccer in general is not – that big of a sport in uh in that area of the united states so i think that that's just such a cool thing to see um all right francis you're up my man what do you got yeah so i mean this one might be a little controversy controversial with the uh the recent happenings but uh honestly i'm gonna say houston uh i've been thinking about this a lot and i think houston is a team that uh, is a town that their fans really like their teams uh, it's one of those cities where for first for like a lot of the weird things are actually they're like the teams are actually in the city and they actually are f- like play for that city. You have the Ast- Houston Astros, the uh, Houston Texans and the Houston Rockets. Um, I'm not sure if there's an MLS team or an NHL team, to be honest. I was, I could be totally off. I don't know, Corey, if you want to chime in on that one, but uh, there's not though. There is a big push to potentially get a team. Yeah. But Houston, all I know is like my, my friends that are from that area, um, they just rave about their teams. They're huge fans of them. They go to games. Um, regardless of what the Astros did, like I think that's bullshit and I'm not a huge fan of that, but their fans didn't do it. And those fans like are just crazy supportive regardless. Um, and then on a different note, like all those teams are super intertwined and involved within their communities. And you think about like after the hurricane, like how involved the Texans were and how involved the Rockets were. 
Um, same with the Astros. And I just think that's, I just feel like that city um, and their sports, uh, I know it's Texas, they're just intertwined and they're, they're really connected. Um, and I think it's kind of like a big identity. Um, and it just kind of like Toronto in that same regard. Like I feel like people are really passionate about their teams within that city. Agreed. Agreed. All right. It's my pick. And you know what, just kind of going right off of that. Speaking of hurricanes, going to go and take new Orleans for my next pick. So new Orleans is, uh, and I'm going to kind of lump in a little bit of college football in this as well, because like when it comes to just football in general, like saints fans, man, they really care about their team. Um, I don't know what it is like to be around them too much. I haven't had too much of an experience with saints fans, but from what I've seen on the TV, they, uh, they have a very, very, very passionate fan base. Um, big fan of that. And uh, yeah, I mean, besides, granted, besides the Pelicans, I think the biggest thing about New Orleans is that they, they just aren't, they're one of those cities that like care a lot about their teams that like, you know, the sports that, that actually matter. But, uh, but other than that, they just don't really go all in. I think that's the, the reason that they're going to be a little bit lower on my list, but they'll make it in general based almost purely off of football. As I said, I'm going to lump LSU a little bit into that as well. Uh, LSU fans are fucking nuts. Um, so big fan of that as well, just to see how like amazing they do as far as just fandoms in general. Um, lastly, I think I would be a terrible, terrible, terrible fan if I did not pick them. Um, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to put Seattle in there. I'm going to put Seattle in there. And the reason for that is very simple is – and most people don't know this because they're like, they think of like the 2010s Seattle teams, but like as somebody who grew up in Seattle, uh, I can tell you for a fact that like when it comes to being a fan of a team, it literally in the, the thickest of thick or the thinnest of thin, right? Seattle is, is one of those cities that is just always been behind their teams. Um, the Seahawks have always like people always talk about like the bandwagon Seahawks fans that are from like Oregon or outside of Seattle, stuff like that. But at the end of the day, uh, like Seattle has always gone behind their team. I think the recent franchise, and I cannot begin to explain how excited I am about this with the Kraken coming in, um, is just a perfect example of how quickly Seattle will get behind a team that comes into their spot. Um, I mean, we had like, 50% more uh, merchandise sold than the, than the Knights in their first day. We had 32,000 deposits, uh, which was like, I believe like 11,000 or something uh, more than Vegas. Like just when Seattle is required or just like essentially given the opportunity to get behind a new team, they're going to do a great job. You saw it with the Sounders when they first started. And uh, I think we're just going to continue to see it with the NHL team coming in and hopefully the Sonics come back sometime soon. Um, the same thing will happen there. So uh, I know that was a little bit of a biased pick, but uh, I don't regret it at all. And uh, Francis, you're up. What's your last pick, my man? I agree with that. No, I thought, I thought Seattle was good. I had the written down actually. Um, yeah. So I've been thinking about this a lot. You took new Orleans, which I'm a little, a little upset about. Um, but I think, uh, let me look just to confirm what I'm doing. Uh, well, where'd they go? Oh, here we go. Okay. So I think the team that I want for my fourth pick is perennial losers, but they're good fans. I think it's Cleveland. Like, I think, I think Cleveland is a cool sports city. Um, 
having family who lives there, uh, they are committed Browns fans every year. Um, they go to tailgates, they go to games, they have parties. They're, they're happy just to get around and, and to have a game on TV to watch, even if it's not great and they're watching the other team more than their own. Um, I think that you just have that consistency and people care about their team. And I think that for them, it's tough because ownership of their teams is not great. So I think for, for that city, that it's a great city. They have so much history and the fans care, but their owners are just not doing enough to really propel their team forward. Um, you see it obviously is evident with the, with the Cavaliers. Dan Gilbert is kind of like trash as an owner. Um, I don't know who the owner of the, the Indians are, but um, I feel like that team name probably should have been changed already. And they're just kind of like dragging their feet for no reason. Um, but they're a good team. And I think that they have loyal fans. And, and like I said, I think that's what we're talking about here is, is what are cities that really get behind the teams that are there. Um, and the other cool thing is, is very similar to some other cities I've been to is their teams play in downtown and their stadiums are like intertwined into the city. Um, yeah. And I just like my, my aunt works for the city's uh, legal department and it's just so cool. She's like on certain days, like you'll come out of the city hall and fans are just strolling to all these games, like right down the street. Um, and like vendors are out and people are cheering and it's like, you can hear the crowd noise and it's, it's just a really encompassing atmosphere. Um, and I just think that's, that's what we're looking for with cool sports cities. And I think Cleveland has it. Now all they need to do is get their teams kind of up to par to, to really let their fans enjoy what they're doing. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right, let's wrap it up for today. Corey. What do you got? Last pick. All right. I'm going to go just similar to Toronto, sort of recency bias a little bit, but I'm going to go ahead and go with Kansas city. Um, you know, middle, it's not exactly a small market, but it, it is one of those middle of the country markets, which typically, you know, have trouble attracting players, all that kind of stuff sometimes. But uh, what you don't get with those is uh, a lack of fan interest unless your teams are absolutely garbage, but I mean, the know, Royals are great. The Royals are great. You know, uh, that, that world series that they had recently, they were, uh, uh, you know, absolutely crazy. The Mets should have fucking won it. It's <laughs> fucking <laughs> bullshit, dude. We long, we were in the lead for every one of those games and we couldn't hold it. Fucking a. I, I will say, you know, I've, I've mentioned I'm not a baseball guy and I did watch that series. Uh, and I think it was, was it the year before? Um, I believe I watched it with you, Francis. The wild Dude, yeah, we were, game. we were watching like 12 innings or whatever that yeah, was. And that we was watched the, that in Eugene. Yeah, that was the most fun I've had ever watching a baseball game. That was such an exciting game. And part of that was the fans getting into it. Uh, it was just a wild atmosphere. And then obviously you got the Chiefs, you know, um, even before the Mahomes era or like the Alex Smith era, you know, Chiefs fans were extremely passionate. I think that them winning the Super Bowl last year was one of those situations with like besides San Francisco and, you know, some division rival fans was one that most people would agree with. That was a fan base. That was a city and organization that really deserved to have a title. Um, and it's, it was cool to see them. You know, I, I've worked with a couple Kansas City fans um, in a couple different jobs. And they are even the one she wasn't, you know, that in the sports. But even she was so excited about how the team was doing. Um, and this was, this was early in the season last year. So it's, it's a very passionate city that uh, I think, you know, would be worth looking into for, for other leagues expanding, maybe not hockey, but uh, so much, but, you know, or, and, you know, I sh shouldn't forget sporting KC as well. You know, they, they are 
mm-hmm. sort of the original in terms of actual MLS teams, the, the big supporters showing out, being loud, you know, before you had teams like Portland, Seattle, and Atlanta showing up with, you know, their massive supporting sections and their cheers. Uh, they, they really were that original die-hard MLS fan base. Agreed. Agreed. All right, guys. Well, we're going to have to wrap it up here for today. I, uh, I liked a lot of our picks. I think we had uh, some good ones. I'm really interested to see what the people are going to have to say from looking at our actual posts that we put up. Um, hey, Corey, thank you once again so much for joining us today, my man. Um, really appreciate you coming on and talking with us this entire time. It's been a fun time. Yeah, man, it's been I had great. a lot of fun. Uh, feel free to invite me anytime Dorian's not here. Uh, if you guys ever do another conspiracy episode, get me on here. I absolutely love that. Um, so, yeah, I would love to come back on. It was a lot of fun, guys. Absolutely. It's great to have you. Yeah, dude, we'll, have to, we'll definitely have to talk a little bit about getting you on for a conspiracy theory one. That, uh, those can be a fun time. So we'll talk more in the future. But everybody else who's listening, we're going to sign off for the rest of today. Hey, everybody. Really hope you enjoyed the show today. We really appreciate you listening, as always. If you do like the show, please remember to rate, like, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Anchor. You can even find us on Overcast. We appreciate all and every reviews. It's only going to help us get stronger. So once again, thank you for listening, and we always appreciate your support. Take care.